0: Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Trolio here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. I I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you. We're believing for you, and we trust that God's going to continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Come on, you thankful to be in church this morning? Once again, <laughs> better yet, are you thankful for Jesus? Man, I am. I'm so grateful that we get to be together and sing those songs and those those lyrics. Just, I pray settle deep within your spirit, <laughs> like when you know what you've been saved from. Those words. They're, they're just the greatest thing that you could sing to the Father, right? Like when you know what he did for you, man, you, I know sometimes some people are a little bit more reserved and that's awesome. We want you to feel comfortable and do whatever you feel you, you and God have a, a, an agreement in, however you're gonna worship him, right? Amen, but like when you know what he's done for you, Man, those words, living hope, you you gave up, you came, You on the third day you rose again, like those come alive, and you, I, I just can't help but lift my hands to God. I just can't help but say thank you to God. You know, let me say this, and then I'll be seated, because um, my wife's not here to yell at me. I just had surgery last week, two weeks ago. Um, you know, we lift our hands here at this church, and some people, you know, I, ask, I get together with guys, and they're like, what, what's going on? <laughs> Are they asking you questions, like what's happening? Why are people lifting their hands? And ultimately what I can say is this, it's a pretty um, simple answer. When I know what he's done for me, I give up. I give up. You know, lifting your hands is the universal sign of surrender across everything, right? Right, when you're in a battle and you give up, you just, hands up, right? I'm done, I'm done, and so I wanna wanna encourage you. That's why we lift our hands, because what I'm saying in my spirit is I'm done. I'm done. I give up. I don't know about you, but when you've tried enough things and it hasn't worked and you know what Jesus did for you and what he's done for you, I don't care if you've been serving him for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I pray for a deep bubbling up revelation once again of what he saved you from. You can't help but sing a little louder. You can't help but lift your hands a little higher. You can't help but just press into the presence of God because he is good and he is worthy to be praised, church. I'm not preaching to a quiet church this morning. I'm preaching to a church that is alive by the power of the Holy Spirit and we can be a church, we get loud about, a whole bunch of things i want us to be grateful and loud and stand proud of what jesus has done for us amen and so today we're gonna jump into a series and this is a four-week series i hope you come back i hope you don't miss we've entitled this series exalt exalt. In this series, over the next four weeks, we're going to look at four words that um, uh, you probably know, you've heard. They're they're very, very familiar words, but as I've been studying and as I've been developing this week's message, this installment, I I just simply prayed for you all. I, I pray for you guys. I pray for you, maybe not by name, because I don't know all your names, but I definitely pray for you as individuals that God would just touch you, God would, by his spirit, would move in your homes and in your marriages and in your workspaces, but I prayed specifically that these words, these words that we know that are familiar, that whatever we've known about them, we wouldn't just walk in here going, I already knew that, thank you, right? Thanks, God, I got it. But that there would be a fresh revelation of what these words mean okay? I've prayed that over your lives. I pray that you have open hearts to receive. This is a season that many of you know and you've heard. It's the season of Advent, right? And ultimately, been the past, we've done these uh, Christmas services one weekend on December. We've chosen, we've made it massive and big. And Rachel and I were praying, my wife, and we just said, why, why is it one time to think about what Jesus has done? Why don't we just spend the whole month and follow the, the Advent time of, of remembering and not forgetting what He's done for us, and really letting it dwell in our spirits, what Jesus has saved us from. And so, so some of you are like, "Well, what's Advent? What does it mean? What are you talking about?" I've never, I've heard it, but I don't really know. And um, a friend of ours, a dear friend of ours, wrote this, a brother, and it's going to be on the website where the devotionals are. And so, I'm going to read this. Can I read this to you guys? I want you just to lean in for a moment. So, before we exalt, he writes, "We expect." Before we exalt, we prepare. Before we exalt, we yearn. Before we exalt, we cry. Before we exalt, we advent. Advent means to come. The word advent means to come. In this season, Christians look backwards to Jesus coming at Christmas and forward to Christ's glorious return from heaven. How many of you are thankful that Christ is coming back one day? We believe that in this church. He's coming back. If I see it, great. If I don't see it, I know he's coming. I'll be in heaven, so I'm He's coming, right? He's coming back. And yet we too come before him in humble praise and thanksgiving. It is a season of pause. It's a season of pause of, and of great breath in the celebration of Messiah is already not yet. For Advent is more than a celebration. It's a time for us to spiritually journey, re- re- reflecting on our weary world in need of deliverance from evil, oppression, and justice and sin. How many of you know our world needs that more than ever to be delivered from those things? As God's revelation in flesh, Christ delivers, but more, he reconciles. The light of our hope is at times flickering and faint. These are beautiful words and reminders. At others, blazing brighter than the sun, yet is a true light that shatters our fallen darkness, shining with the anticipation of a king who brings truth, peace, justice, and righteousness in this great anticipation, we look to the coming of the Messiah, once a babe in a manger, but once again a king reigning in glory. And so we expect and exalt. We prepare and exalt. We yearn and exalt. We cry and exalt. We advent and exalt. I-, I don't know about you, but if you think of the holiday season, how many of you think of just being tired? <laughs> right? Right? Like, by the time December, better yet, by the time New Year's Day is over, I'm like, Rach, I need a vacation. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm tired from Thanksgiving to Christmas to, to New Year's celebration. Like, it's a tiring season. And, I, and I, I, I wonder, by the time we get to Christmas, by the time we get to Jesus' birth and remembering that, what, what have we really put our focus to? What have we actually thought about? During that lead up to December twenty fifth, like the day where we've recognized that that's the day to remember Jesus coming as a bit. Ba- what what have we really put our energy to? Like like have we bought the best gifts? Have we worn the best ugly sweaters at the Christmas work parties? Come on, they're not bad, right? Have we gone out and 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 purchased all that we need? Yo, y'all crazy Black, Black Friday shoppers, like. Y'all nuts. I was at my mom's house and dad's house for the weekend, and my aunts here and uncle love them. But, like, yo, by, like, the end of Thanksgiving dinner, like, the newspapers are spread across the table. Like, they're open. Like, like, like they're open, and the sales are going through. Like, we got to get the gla- greatest gifts, the best cost. We got we to gotta do this. And I'm like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> they're like, you come and shop, I'm like, there's not a chance I'm leaving to go shopping right now. We, we hustle and we bustle and we set up the tree and we get the lights and we make sure everything is in place and we get to December and then what happens? We open up gifts or you celebrate with family and it's not bad. I'm going to do it, right? Our tree's been up before Thanksgiving. Like, like we're going to do it. Some of you are like judging us. I had surgery. We had to go beforehand, all right? Rachel was real bitter about it. But like, by the time we get to that, what have we put our minds to? Like, what have we actually thought about? What have you actually dwelled on? Have you thought about what Jesus did and what he's doing and what he's going to do? Or have we just thought about, man, I gotta shop till I drop. (laughs) I gotta have the best sweater for the party. I gotta get the right dish all together. Not bad, but what have we exalted in our lives? Right? Like, what have we exalted in this season? And this is convicting for me, right? Because I've never thought can I can I be honest with you as your pastor? I never really thought about this until Rachel goes, Hey, I think this is a good idea to preach. And as she she's the Holy Spirit in the flesh sometimes in my life. Some of you get that joke, never mind. And I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I've ever really paused to think, man. Jesus just didn't come as a baby. He did as a baby in a manger, but it's so much more than that. It's so much deeper than that. With, with all the lights, we can't focus on the main light, and that is the light of an infant, the light of a baby born in a manger. And what, what would happen in a moment if during this season, you guys, maybe for a second, if you believe in Jesus, you just maybe pause and thought about what your life was before Jesus. You, you think about where you were maybe during a Christmas where you weren't serving Jesus, or a time where you were separated from the Father's love, you you chose to go the world way instead of the God way, and just think about that. What what did you feel? What did you what did you yearn for? What did you long for? Were you were you trying to get things? Were you trying to achieve things? Were you hopeful for things? Were you trying to press into peace and you couldn't find? I'm, it makes sense with me. Like what? Just for a moment, think. What were you exalting? Were you exalting the bright lights, or were you exalting the bright light of a child in a manger, and what He did for us? I want this time to be a time in a season. It's not dark. It's not, in a sense, maybe, but it's not like, oh. We're just gonna wait. But it's a it's a waiting of like, where's my heart at? Where's my mind at? What's my thoughts given to this season? What am I actually thinking about? Do I remember every day when I wake up, Jesus came? He came? He gave up heaven, his th- seat in heaven, and he came for a jacked up, messed up person. He came? What am I exalting? And so today I want to focus on one word. And the title is simple, exalt hope. Exalt hope. I got some scripture verses that I'm going to read, right? Is it okay? You guys are like 15 minutes in, haven't had any scripture. What's going on here, pastor? I'm going to get some some scripture, but can I pray this morning? Can I pray? You with me this morning? Post Thanksgiving, turkey hangover. You guys good? Come on, let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I pray that this season, right now, where we go and we run around and we try to do all these things that, yes, are great and amazing. And I pray, though, in this season, we would remember what you have done for us, what you're doing for us, and what you're going to do, and you're coming and you return. I pray today, God, that hope would fill people in this place living hope, true hope, the hope only found in you. I pray today that minds would be open, Holy Spirit, to receive, that you would just allow us to receive deeper, deeper and more of you, Father. I just pray this and ask this today, God, that you would open up our hearts to hear, open up our minds, breathe on this ordinary message, may it be super extraordinary by your touch. We ask this today in Jesus' name, amen. Hope. How do you describe the feeling of a future that is better than the present? How do you describe something coming towards you that you can't wait for any longer, right? Huh? What, is, what is the word that you describe that you really can't wait anymore? You just, you're, just, you're just waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. That word is hope, right? We hope for things. We're, we're longing for things. We, we hope that we would see great and mighty things. We're, we're hopeful. I was hopeful when we found out that my wife was having a kid. I was, I was excited, I was joyful, I was, you could put all the adjectives in there, but I was hopeful. How many parents in the room know what I'm talking about? When you get the news of having it, you're, you're hopeful. You, you wanna know what they look like, right? You wanna, you wanna know what they're gonna act like. You wanna know what they're gonna sound like. You wanna, you wanna know if they're gonna have their mother's personality or their father. Fo- you, you wanna know. You're hopeful to see the kid come. I was, I was hopeful when my wife said, babe, the time is now. We got to go to the, 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 the hospital. It's here, and I'm like, "Oh, it's here! Let's go get all the bags, everything." We got. Like I was, I was so overwhelmed. There was there was a, there was a buildup of hope. Like, what's he gonna be like? What's he gonna look like? What's he? How's the, oh, I was hopeful. We waited, right? You waited. You wait nine months, right? Like right, you wait for this moment, and it comes, and it's so like, whoa! <laughs> this is amazing. This is what I hope for, and I have it. It's here. It's, it's here. And, man, as I, as I hoped, my, my hope of the child coming held me, and I held on to hope. Catch that? Like, as I was waiting, hope held me, and I held on to hope. And he came, and he was there, and it was the greatest gift that I could have ever had next to my wife. I was excited. I was hopeful. I was anticipating such an amazing thing, and came. So you long for things, you 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 hope for things, you you wait for things, but ultimately what you're doing is you're hoping, right? You're hoping that you get the next job. You're you're hoping that you get the promotion. You're hoping that you get in the relationship by the end of 2019 because that was your goal at tw- in the beginning of 20. 20- you're like hoping and longing and yearning. You're hoping that you would just get what you've asked God for all year. You're hoping. It's not a bad thing to hope. It's actually a really good thing to hope. It's a really good thing to put hope into things and to do it but the question is is what are you actually hoping for and what are you putting your hope in right like like don't hear me like don't say like oh you're saying hoping for things is bad No, no 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 hope for things but hope for the right things right scripture talks about hope all throughout the scriptures and in the Old Testament, there's two words, there's, there's two, two actual words, Old Testament words that translate into hope. And, and the first one is this, if you're taking notes, because I see some of you taking notes, the rest of you, I'm judging you. But the first word in the Old Testament is yakal, right? And it means literally to wait for. So like when the flood came and, and the waters came with Noah, right, and he built a boat and he got everybody in the boat that he needed to get in the boat, he got all the animals, too. Right? he got them in there and... The floodwaters came, and they raised up, and they rose up, and and they were there. Now, what had to happen was he had to wait for the waters to go back down. Scripture uses in that word, that's what that means, to wait for. And the second is kavah, and that also means to wait. It's another word in Scripture. I'm teaching the Bible here. Some of you are like, why are we doing this? We never do Hebrew and all this stuff. It's important. (laughs) See, kavah is to wait, but it's related to the word kav, Q-A-V, which means cord. Okay? It means cord. And when you pull a kav tight, you make strong tension, right? If I were to pull a cord, it would, it would be tight, and then there would be tension on a cord. You guys with me this morning? You ever pulled a cord and there's tension, right? There's tension there. And until you release it, and when you release it, you get the word kava. And so, so so the feeling of tension and expectation in this sense is is, is kavah. Like you're you're anticipating, you're you got tension. There's that tension between hoping for something and then finally getting it. So you're waiting on God and you're expecting, but you're waiting with an anticipation and an expectation. That's hope, right? That's what the scriptures talk about at hope. They knew the people then knew that they were waiting for something. What were they waiting for? God, the Savior. The redeemer, the one that was promised, the one that was talked about for ages and ages and ages, they were hopefully waiting for next, uh, that moment to happen. They were expecting. Yo, can I say something, church? What are you expecting for? People that come in, I say, what, I say to our team members, what are you expecting God to do today? Well, i just move. Great. But what are you really deep down expecting for God to do and move in the house of God? Are we actually expecting for him to do a mighty move, a revival among Chicago? Are you expecting him? Are you anticipating? Are you hopeful that he's actually going to draw your spouse back to the Father? Are you hopeful? Are you you expecting that he's going to bring your son and daughter that you've prayed for forever to come back home? Is actually going to come back home? Are you expecting and hopeful that you're going to see your neighbors come to know Jesus Christ? Are you expectful and are you hopeful and are you waiting for God to do a move in Chicago that we've never seen before? Pastor, you preach about the city all the time. Time. Guess what? Yeah. We're in the city of Chicago, and more than ever, I am awaiting with such expectation, and I'm waiting for God to drop into the city and do a move of God where we get up out of our seats and we can't help but praise Him. We can't help but worship Him. We don't care what's happened. We don't care what we're going through. Because what we know is our hope is in Him. Our hope is in Him and Him only. And so I can sit here with great expectation. I can expect great things for marriages. I can expect great things for you college students. I can expect great things for you people that have been serving God for 50 years and this thing's kind of become a little stale and you're like, I just need some more things. I'm expecting for a revival in your home that's like never before. I'm expecting. They did it with anticipation. They waited and expected God to move. So how do we hope? How do we live in hope? How do we claim hope? The first thing is this, scripture time. there first thing i want you to write down is this we got to know this to be true about hope is this helping you biblical hope is based on a person first thing is this biblical hope is based on a person psalms 33 20 through 22 if you have your bibles open them up to psalms psalms 20 uh, psalms 33 my apologies 20 through 22 it's going to be up on the screen it says this. David's writing, right? David is writing this. It says this. We we put our hope in the Lord. Where? What, what, yeah. Where? Wait, wait, David. Where, where are you putting your hope in? Hey, he says. Hey, he says. Hey, hey, we we as a people, people of God, like we and he's including himself. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help. He is. Yeah. As I hope, I know that he's our help. And he is our shield, and in him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord. Let your unfailing, you know his love is unfailing. Guys, his love is unfailing for you. Woo. For our hope is in you alone. David recognized, he understood that true hope was only found in the person, We say Jesus, he knew him as God, the father, Lord, right? He says, my Lord, Jesus, my hope is in you and you alone. David is king. David is a king. What do kings have? A kingdom. You know what else they have? A lot of wealth. You know what else they have? A lot of protection. You know what else? They got big houses, great chariots, right? Like I'm talking like deluxe, like this thing's nice you quiet this morning. These jokes are better than my head than they're coming out here. <laughs> he has everything, right? He has everything he needs. He's, he's king, David. You with me? He's king. You know, kings don't have to worry about nothing. Yo, like, I, <laughs> I take that. <laughs> Put me in the I'm there? I'm worrying about Jack. I don't need a hope for anything. Everything is given to me. Everything is there for me. Everything is accessible to me. I don't need, I just have everything. And David's writing words. What? David, my hope is in you and you alone. You are my shield. You are my protector. You are my provider. And it's you and you and only that I put my hope in. Wait, David, you're king. What are you talking about? David understood that his wealth, his riches, his protection, his everything that he had around him would not compare, could not touch the hope that was found in Jesus, only Jesus. He understood that it was the Lord that he was hopeful for. He knew that he only could trust in the Lord. He knew that he could only put his hope and trust in the Father because hope, church, as believers of Jesus Christ, we cannot hope in the things of this world. See, what this does for me, what this makes me think about is go, oh, snap, Jay, how many times have you hoped in your bank account in your job. How many times have you hoped in your marriage? Oh, if I can, me and Rach are good on the same page. If she's the one, that's not, like, like, it's good. You guys hear me? All the married people are like, well, pastor told me. Like, as long as that's good, my hope is in Rach. And if Rach is with me, we good. I got all the hope I need. No, no, no. Wait, hold on. It's in Jesus. Only Jesus. So what this makes me think is, is actually, where's my my hope today? What are you actually putting your hope in? Because see, believers uh, all the time, we put our hope in so many other things. See, 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 this is the test of knowing where your hope is. And this is not to condemn anybody in this place. The test of knowing where your hope is, is when something traumatic happens, where's the first thing you run to? Where's the very first thing you run to? When something bad happens, are you making the phone call? To the girlfriend or boyfriend, the friend that you have, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is what's happening. Oh, my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, my goodness. Ah, ah. I'm not judging you. I do the same thing. <laughs> I'm like, Andrew, what am I going to do? Oh, my God. Ah. <laughs> he's laughing because he knows it's true. The reality is, is what you hope will be the first thing you run to because he's your shield. Guys, this is a promise. See, you hope. See, see, they were hoping for the Lord to come. They were hoping for the Savior, but they also knew that the Lord God, King of the universe, the creator of all things was alive and living and he was their only hope. He was their only provider. He had seen it through the generations and generations past. He knew that the hope was only found in a person and it was Jesus. You with me this morning? What are you hoping for? What are you placing your, who are you placing your hope in? Guys, I'm gonna tell you something. Relationships are gonna come and go. Friendships are gonna come and go. Jobs are gonna come and go. The, the, the money's gonna be there one time, and the money won't be there. That, like it's all gonna come and go. And there's seasons of life where you have more, and there's seasons of life where you have less. But what are you hoping in in every season? See, this changes us. Are you hoping in Jesus? Man, I think about Mary, right? I'm almost done. I think about Mary. Man, when she found out the news that she was carrying a baby outside of marriage, uh-uh, not good then, not good, no good. As young as she was, talk about shame and guilt that probably filled her, like all the thoughts in her head that what's gonna happen to me, right? Like, oh, you're gonna have a baby. The angel of the Lord spoke to her. You're gonna have a baby. Uh, excuse me? Um, yeah, 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 it's gonna be the, the, the happening, not the normal way, scientifically way, right? Y'all with me? It's just gonna happen, boom. Uh, what? Seriously, the shame, the flooding of emotions and all that things happen. But this, the, Lord, the angel of the Lord said, but no, no, no. You're gonna carry the hope of the world. I think of Mary, right? I think of Mary, I think of that moment, just in a second, in a split second. One moment, she's panicking. One moment, she's freaking. One moment, she doesn't know what she's gonna do. And the moment that the word the of the Lord comes to her and says, you are going to carry the hope of the world. I believe Mary, I just believe this. I believe this, I hope it's okay. I believe she went from oh no to oh no. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, I, I've heard about it. I knew this. I knew it. I, I knew David's words. I knew, that, I knew this was going to happen. I, I know that the hope is here. I get to hope. I get to see. I get to carry hope. Could you imagine the joy in here? Do you guys know that the same spirit of Jesus Christ is alive in you? And so if the same spirit of Jesus Christ is alive in you, you can go from, oh, no, to, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I got the hope of the world inside of me, and his name is Jesus Christ, and I can carry this to everything and anywhere that I go. You should be hope carriers. (laughs) Y'all should be carrying hope. What are you carrying? Hope was inside of an infant that would invade the world. Hope, true hope, was found in an infant that would invade the world. Hope is found in a person. The second thing that we got to know is this. Biblical hope is not based on circumstances, though. Okay? That was a really good place to say amen. Y'all quiet this morning. Biblical hope, okay? All right? True biblical hope. Not the world's hope. True biblical hope is not based on circumstances, okay? Romans 5, two through five. If you go to your Bible, open it up to Romans 5, two through five, it'll be up on the screen. It says this, Paul's writing, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. What? If that doesn't preach against everything that 2019 is telling us, do whatever feels good, do whatever makes you happy, You'll be so good to do whatever. No, 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 no. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be times where there's going to be darkness. There's going to be times where it's going to be seem like what's happening. But guess what? God's doing something in and through that. God's moving in that. Where is your hope? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Come on. And then perseverance, character. How many of you know character is the only thing that you're going to be remembered for? Perseverance, character. And character, hope. Hope. Through all that stuff, through all my circumstances that are crazy and hard and pressing, the thing that I I need to build in me the most is hope. Yeah, because it's not based on circumstances. And hope does not put us to shame. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Paul is strengthening the church and saying, hey, guys, when you claim hope in Jesus Christ, you can't just claim it when it feels good. You can't just claim it when you when you want to get something. Hope is not based on what is in front of you. Hope is in you. It's not based on what you see. It's not based on what's going on. It's not based on everything that's happening. Because guys, scripture says we're gonna go through some stuff, right? How many of you do like that scripture verse? What do you mean, God? I'm gonna go through some stuff. Yeah, but take heart, right? Take heart, like it's I got it. Oh, okay, you got it. Guess where my hope goes? In Jesus. See how this works? See how this principle, this is a principle of the word. Hope is not based on circumstances. It's not based on what's happening around you. It's not based on what you're going through. You can't can't choose hope when it's good, but you gotta choose hope when it's bad and it's good. You gotta choose hope in the dark and in the light. You gotta choose hope in the valley and on the mountaintop. Hope is not based on what you see around you. You are gonna walk through some stuff, and as you walk through stuff, you're gonna build perseverance. You're gonna build character, and in all those things, you're gonna build hope inside of you that you know, hey, God did not fail me at this point. He's not gonna fail me today. God never let me down here. He's not gonna start today. Hey, I felt like God was gonna let me go in this point. He didn't let me go. Praise be to God, even when I was lost, even when I was missing it, even when I was choosing, he never let me go. Thank you, Jesus. Hope is not based on what I do or what is around me. Hope is in you, Jesus. Hope is in a manger. Oh, man, see, see, the thing about it is, is Mary and Joseph, right? They show up to the town. I'm paraphrasing the Bible. The band can come on up. They show up to a town, right? And they're like, we got no room for you. No room. We all know the story, even if you don't come to church. We all know it. In every room, no room, no room, no room. Can you imagine the, the, the point of like just, huh, man, I'm pregnant. I'm about to have this baby. Yo, if my wife showed up to the hospital and they were like, we have no room for you. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. It'd be hard. <laughs> She'd lose her mind. We have no room, we have no room. Oh, actually, yeah, we have a little dark little cave, nasty, wet, damp. Oh, and there's animals in there too. Is that cool for you? Imagine our response. Do you know who I'm carrying? You know what I am? I'm the mother of Jesus, the Savior, and he's going to save all y'all. So I I know you didn't let me in. I know you didn't let me in. I know you didn't let me in. I'll remember it, and I'll tell Jesus about it. No, don't act like we wouldn't act like that. Instead, I think Mary and Joseph said, "Hey, guess what?" doesn't matter where we have this baby, it doesn't matter what's around us, it doesn't matter if it's dark, if it's wet, if it's damp, it doesn't matter if there's animals everywhere, we are a part of something special, our hope is found in Jesus, our hope is not found in this nice room, our hope isn't found in this nice house, our hope isn't found in our wealth and our riches, our hope isn't found in any of this. our hope is found in Jesus, and so if Jesus is in this room with us, I don't care if it's dark, I don't care if it's damp, I don't care if it's nasty, as long as Jesus is in this room with me, I'm good, as long as Jesus is in my circumstances with me, I'm good. How many of you know Jesus wants to be in every part of your life. The dark, the heavy, the nasty, the broken. He wants to build you. He wants to strengthen you. I say it all the time. If Jesus is in it with me, I'm good because my hope is not based on circumstances. The third thing is this, the final thing. And we're going to pray and take communion. Biblical hope though, this is the best, is living hope. Biblical hope is living hope. First Peter 1, 3 through 4. Open your Bibles to first Peter. One more verse, 3 through 4. Told you to take notes. We got a lot of scripture. The title of this says, Praise to God for a living hope. And Peter writes in verse 3 of 1 Peter 1. Praise to be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Some of us read that and think it's a dead hope. Because you became a Christian and you lost everything. All your friends, all the things you used to do. Come on, don't act like you, don't act like I'm not reading some of your mail. Like like when I got saved, I had to give up everything. Yeah, because it was messed up, jacked up, and it was a dead hope. <laughs> but when you come into the kingdom of God, when you come into the kingdom of God, you now get grafted into a living hope, a living hope, alive, breathing, living Hope, through, the, through what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. The fact that he died, he had to come, and when he came, was in a manger, so he came, and he lived, and then he died, and in his dying, we can't help but think about that during this time, right? We get access to a living hope and into an inheritance that can never perish. I don't know about you, but every person in the room should have said amen to that. I ain't getting a big inheritance from my parents. I love them to death, but I just know. And I'm cool with it. I'm getting the greatest inheritance. Y'all, y'all don't get that. Y'all don't get it. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I don't care what I get on this earth. <laughs> Riches, wealth, hope. I don't care. I'm getting heaven. Where there will be no crying. Where there will be no weeping. There won't be ACL repairs. There won't be any, anything, anything, anything that is not of the kingdom of God. I'm getting the inheritance of heaven and guess what, guess what, guess what, see what happens is, is we, we think, oh, well, it's to come, right, well, it, it, when I die, that's when I get it, that's when I get it, oh, I can't wait to die, Lord, take me now, Lord, take me, come on, don't act. Lord, I'm ready, I'm ready, come, come, Lord, like in my darkest days, I'm like, I'm, I'm good, Rachel's like, shut up, you're not, you're not going anywhere, you're raising this boy with me, I'm like, you're right, what happens is, is we read that from Peter, and we think, oh, When I get to heaven, that's when I get the inheritance. No, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Today, you get the inheritance of a living hope inside of you. You get the inheritance of heaven today. Oh, it's just self-help. No, it's promises of heaven. And I wish we would claim them more because if we claim the promises of heaven, I wonder what joy we would walk in. I wonder what peace we would walk in. I wonder if we'd be more down and out or we'd be up going, oh my goodness, God, you're so good. I don't deserve it. But I hold on to a living hope. And his name is Jesus. And so I'm not waiting for this kingdom to come. Yes, I can't wait, but I'm living in it now. I get to wake up every day with the spirit alive. I get to wake up every day with hope for my day. I get to wake up every day that the job that I'm at, even though the people next to me are crazy and out of their mind, I'm hopeful that they're going to get saved and we're going to have a Bible study in the office and it's going to be incredible. Oh, man, I can't wait to be hopeful that I'm going to get on the CTA and I'm going to be the catalyst of hope for change among the CTA bus. I'm going to see a revival on the CTA bus. How many of you actually hope for stuff like that? This is what it does to you. See, this is what I'm saying. Y'all jump. I just love the Lord. <laughs> what are you hoping for? See, when you know that you're in a living hope, you can't help but jump on your feet. You can't help but lift the Lord on high. You can't hope for great things to come. You can't hope for life-changing encounters with the living God. Your darker days become less and less and less because the light of the world that came as a baby comes alive inside of you we hope. We put our hope in what happened. We put our hope in what he's doing. We put our hope in what's to come. What are you exalting? Are you exalting the hope of Jesus in your life? Are you exalting everything else in your life? It's a question today, right? I'm going to pray. We're going to take communion together, and the band's going to worship. I I hope this stirs something in you. I hope it makes you think, man, can I really have that much joy? Can I really have that much hope? Can I really have that much trust? Yeah, you can, because he's alive and his promise has never returned void. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes? Jesus, right now, I just pray that your hope would come alive in every person. Father God, I pray right now that hope would reign up inside of every person in this place, that living hope, God, would come alive. Holy Spirit, I pray right now you speak to those that may not know you, that have never claimed this living hope. Right now, Father, I know you're drawing people back, and you're going to place inside them hope that is alive. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you the chance this morning, if you've never done it, if you've never... Opened up your hearts. His scripture says he's knocking. He's, he's knocking at the door of your heart saying, hey, I'm here. I want to I invade. I want to come in. I want to I take over. I want to I take you into the kingdom of God. I want to I bring you into the family. He's knocking today. It's on us to respond in a faith-filled way. It's faith. You can't see it. You may not understand it, but you sense it. You feel it. You know it. He's knocking today on some hearts saying, hey, I want you to come home. I want to I come in. I want to be the living hope inside of you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. In a moment, I'm just going to have you slip your hand up if you want to say yes to the Father. The, the act of lifting your hand doesn't save you, but it's an outward expression of faith of what's happening inside. And we're going to celebrate. It says heaven throws a party when one comes home. It says heaven rejoices. But if you're like, you know what? I put my hope in so many things today. I have put my hope in so many things that haven't worked today. I wanna I want to put my hope in the thing that has promised that it's never going to fail. I want to put my hope in Jesus. On the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One, he loves you. Two, he died for you and wants to forgive you of your sins. Three, he raised to life so that you could join with him. Slip your hand up right now if you want to say, I want to come home to the Father.